scary movies? What about podcasts? What's your favorite Scream podcast? Well, that better be straight out of Woodsboro, or I will gut you like... Well, we'll save that for later. Here are your hosts, Kyle Riley and Allison Prescott. Just like Dewey and Sydney. Huh, Kyle and Allison, I'll be seeing you. So, Allison, <laughs> I started Kyle. out last podcast saying that was your first episode. Well, guess what? This is your second ever podcast. Yep. <laughs> now, three months later, we're—I swear to God—we're like—we're uh, like. Our episodes are going to be like movie based. We're going to only come out once in a while. Like the sequels, you're going to, you guys are going to have to wait for like a Netflix show. You know, you get the end of the season, but you got to wait a whole year for the next damn season. That's right. We should. We should base it off how long it, each movie took. To yeah. Every episode is season one. You know, yeah. or that in one season. So last last episode was season one. This is season two. So you guys are going to have to wait another six months until we get episode three out. Okay. That's all we're going to do. Six months every episode. You can wait. <laughs> We're not that important. People can know. <laughs> All right. But we're here to talk Scream. We're going to talk about the, the original Scream movie that started it all. 1996. 96, this damn movie came out. How many years ago was that, if you calculated it? That would be what? Well, I'm a math. 92, baby. And I'm 28. So that's about uh, bad mathing in my head right now. That's about... Ooh, 24 years old the teachers are like yelling it's 24 it's fucking 24 <laughs> stupid who was your teacher <laughs> oh god that's for another podcast yeah like d- damn it's damn education system it doesn't work speaking of, like being a kid just after watching this movie we were just talking about it off air here saying like how did we not grow up being serial killers after watching uh. this my gosh, it was like that was traumatizing. I was watching the whole movie just going, What in the heck am I watching? Like, am I okay? <laughs> like, I'm still like analyzing my mental state. Like, <laughs> how did my parents let me watch this? <laughs> right? Like, did they knew we were watching this? I, I feel like they knew. <laughs> I, I, I begin to wonder if this would be part of the cancel culture today. <laughs> Movie. Oh, because so much in this movie well not maybe so much but there's some parts in the movie where i don't think they could show today <laughs> or talk no. about <laughs> you could definitely tell it was from a completely different time period for sure yeah but it's still one of my all-time favorite franchises it's, it's sad but like you know i guess we can safely say we didn't grow up to be serial killers at least I don't no think, we grew up I don't, okay i think we i think i'm not but you know no We've only reconnected recently, so I don't know, Allison. I don't know what you've been doing in all these years. So I've just been nursing, so you know, possibilities are endless. You're, you know what, my soul, you just touched mm-hmm. my soul. A nurse, oh. good for you. I try, I try. What can I say? They <laughs> couldn't use a couple of nurses in this movie from all the fr- man. It's just, I just can't believe Wes Craven. You know, God rest his soul. Now I can't believe he's gone, and he's not. I know, not going to be able to see the next franchise unfortunately coming out at the end of the year but uh guys made so many popular horror movies like he was part of the halloween 1978 friday the 13th in 1980 nightmare on elm street in 84 which funny enough he <laughs> he purposely puts on i don't know if you caught it 
the one part in this movie where uh, when Fa- my boy Fa- Fonzie, hey, the principal, <laughs> um, was uh, see- oh god, I keep forgetting his damn act- the actor's name. Always, I always calls him Fonzie, but every time I say Fonzie, people are like, oh yeah, that guy, that one. I know who that one is. I just re- I know him as Fonzie. It's uh, God, hang on a sec. I have, the, I have the cast list in front of me. I'm looking through. And da, 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 da. people are like, get your shit together. Um, God damn it. <laughs> it's this one. <laughs> but Wes Cra- Oh, so I don't know. I don't remember his name. But uh, I'll, I'll get it and someone will correct me probably. But um, so do you remember the scene where he opens the door and he sees the janitor there? Just like yes. mopping. So A, that's Wes Craven. Oh. <laughs> B, he's referencing the, the character he made, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. So he kind of made bo- a double cameo. There you go. Very, very like bl- like silently in the movie. And you hear uh, the principal go, oh, sorry, Fred. <laughs> Yo, all those little Easter eggs. It's fun now. Right? Like going back. When you're a kid, you're not, you're not thinking of that, right? So watching this as an adult, like when we're older and you can like kind of dissected a little bit it's like damn this movie there's so many little things that like i didn't notice as a kid i noticed now like the one scene it's so small and it's so sudden that people don't catch it off the first bat when dewey's eating his his damn ice cream near the end of the movie with the chief outside mm-hmm. he's talking in uh sydney and uh a friend there in the store um uh god why do I always I'm forgetting people's characters? I just watched a damn movie and I forget people's names. Hold on, I've got it right here. I pulled it up. Um, <laughs> what was her Tatum? Tatum. Name? Tatum. So oh, Rose McGowan. Yeah. yeah. So they're in the grocery store, but the, so the chief, the camera does this thing where when the chief throws a cigarette while he's talking to Dewey with the ice cream cone, he throws a cigarette on the ground and he's like smearing the cigarette with his foot. There's the the music, and the the boot is the same boot as the killer. So it, there's a small scene. That small scene makes you kind of think, wait, is it the chief? Mm-hmm. So someone that doesn't know and is watching this for the first time might actually think that. So they well, they do a couple of good jobs with a couple of things that don't make you think it's Billy and Loomis. It was Billy funny Loomis. because like I remember seeing this movie, so I was like, no, I definitely know who the killer is. But even watching it again, you're right. Like it. it it very it directs you different ways being like oh no it could be this person oh no it could be this person it really makes you question like mm-hmm. you you try and play detective and you're like oh no it's this and then it, like another scene pops up and then you think oh no there that is there's the person there with the killer what the hell like i thought it was that guy so there's uh there's also a few scenes where it, i'm I, I put myself in the mindset of watching for the first time like i don't know what's gonna happen there's a few scenes where i you you could think dewey was the killer Mm-hmm. Because there's a few scenes where he's with Gale and he says something and like the music's like boom boom. And it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh wait, is it Dewey? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Like, remember when the when uh the killer calls Sydney at Dewey's house and you know he's not seen until the phone call is over. Yeah, that's when he comes out of the room. So that's another scene that people can be like, okay, well maybe it is Dewey. So they do a very good job in this movie for a '96 movie. They do a very good job of um making it hard to guess who the killer is except you when you watch it the second time there's so many non-subtle hints (laughs) and the biggest one is the damn fountain scene 
yeah in the beginning of the movie where literally billy and uh god i always forget his name the guy that played uh remember he played shaggy and scooby-doo like the oh real my god yes 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 uh frick i have i love him Stu He's mocker so matthew lillard yeah Stu mocker yes. so St- billy and Stu are sitting there literally telling you how to dissect a human <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Like, if you were a psychologist now watching this movie, you would be sitting there questioning, like, how they talk, how they react to things and go, yeah, no, these guys are not okay. Right. Like, you would definitely be analyzing all these characters and even, like, some of the scenes, too, where they just, like, yeah, they just act so nonchalant to the things that are happening and just, like, oh, it's a big joke and just, like no why are you right. guys so okay <laughs> so yeah like he's like it's right near the end of the movie where he's like happy that uh, Stu is happy that school's out and he's celebrating like yeah let's have a party even though people are dying it's like what? yeah who's sitting there going yeah it's, i'm gonna have a house party because a bunch of my classmates are dying who's not putting two and two together here that this guy maybe you know <laughs> maybe part of the problem it may be a killer yeah like come on guys <laughs> I, and I also love the classic homage to, uh, like, when they're all at the party and they're watching, like, the horror movies. And he's like, the rules of a horror movie yeah. are this, this. I was like, oh, bless your soul. <laughs> so, like, this was, I believe, this was the first horror movie franchise because 96, like, you think of all the movies that came out beforehand. This is the first movie franchise to kind of point out the wrong, like, the obvious wrongs in horror movies beforehand. Like, where the one scene where, where uh Sydney's talking about like talking to the killer on the phone near the beginning of the movie is saying like describing like what a typical scene in a horror movie is is all the the people run out the front or uh people kind of stalk the, the the victims kind of stalk around when they should be running right out the front door but you know it's a horror movie so they're obviously not going to do the smart thing so like this movie kind of points out all the wrongdoings of horror movies but at the same time it still include <laughs> all of those wrongdoings movie, in the same movie so it's that's why people want people wonder why I always say like oh, when I say oh I scream is my favorite horror movie of all time and they're like what and I'm like no you actually need to watch and understand the movie to know why it's the best franchise of all time because they do so much that there's so much from the naked eye that they do that you have to once you watch it a couple of times you start to understand more and you're like oh my god like Wes Craven was an absolute genius with this movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, tr- oh, yeah. Well, very well done. Very well done. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because I, I've watched, so there's a lot of cool YouTube videos. I'm going to have to forward you these links because there's a, there's a lot of people in the, I guess, this community. And uh, shout outs to actually a friend of mine I met through this community. Actually, I met through another community. Um, his name's Kyle, too, by the way. Um, oh. He actually does a, a horror fran- a podcast called uh, uh, the Trick or Treat Podcast. And he's going to come on with us one episode to do a pod with us i promised him that he's uh he's awesome. very very knowledgeable in the scream franchise too but uh he pointed out to me the one time um that there's these videos out there that in this community that people dissect the movie even further like there's one where i made a list here i mean this guy literally figures out because there's two killers there's always two killers in, in all the screen in the screen franchises except for the third one third one it was only um uh, what's his name? Uh, Roman. So yeah. this guy out of the second and third movie, he actually dissects and figures out who 
when who who when Stu was the killer and who when Billy was the killer in certain scenes. Wow. And it makes sense. The one where he actually dissects the whole opening scene and has like literally a virtual map up on the screen and shows you exactly where they were at at the exact scenes. And it's well, I was gonna say like, like wow. <laughs> Cause and and well that first scene there in the first part of the movie like he moves so quickly and at first you're watching that going like how can one human right move so quickly and be in so many so, different yeah, spots? if you're a new watcher you're like what the hell yeah <laughs> so from what I gathered from his video so they kind of uh, they split up so there was Billy at the front of the house and Stu was at the back of the house. So this guy figured it out and the final kill shot was Billy and this guy actually find, figures it out because they both and if you, you have to go back and watch it if no one knows they both each hold the knife in different ways. Whoa. Yeah. So um, Billy strangles when he kills because at the end of the movie he's strangling Sid. He's also strangling uh, what's her face at the beginning that only has like the small role even Drew though Barrymore. Yeah, Drew Barrymore who literally on the front cover of the damn movie but and she dies dies in the first scene yeah like, so he's oh. strangling her and it, that's how he's like okay so this is definitely Billy because Billy's thing is strangling and Stu's the way you know it's Stu is he holds the knife with both hands clamped together and overhead Interesting. I just have. Well, it's up to you. I have the movie playing, so I have the opening scene playing right now with like no sound on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, it's just at the scene where like she punches him through yeah. the window with the phone in her hand. And the worst part is like she's stopping to look at her dead boyfriend. Girl, stop! Why are you stopping? Yeah. Oh my god, are you alive? Like, <laughs> bitch, run! So he put. He actually actually punches Stu in the face. And the guy figured out that it was Billy that tackles her after. I was going to say, because he got real quick. Stu, he figures out that after Stu gets punched in the face, he, he's the one that leaves and gets back to his girlfriend's house quick enough so that you know his motive is clean. Oh, yeah, because he's like, well, I was with her the whole night. Yeah. So it's <laughs> this guy did a very, very good job of dissecting the whole thing. But yeah, that whole opening scene, man, like if you don't... If you don't <laughs> There's so much of it in the in the opening scene that you could sit there and go, okay, like how is that only one guy? That's one. Two, it's gory as hell because <laughs> the boyfriend's stomach is split and guts are spewing out and oh, slaughtered. You're, what you're about to see is she's hung up with a noose on a tree and her guts are just flying out of her gut. Like, oh, yeah, that scene where the camera pans in really quickly to her body when she's hanging from the tree. That's really where my head went. How am I not more <laughs> messed, up. messed up just from that part alone? Like, even Adam sitting think, next we to me, were like, like, what the fuck? Well, we lived by each other, Allison. We grew up together. We were the in between the ages of, what, like, six and eight, nine-ish years old? Yep. And we were watching this type of movie <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> like, this was our thing. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys got to think like somebody's like listening now going, oh, my God, these guys are not OK. Kids today are watching Frozen and Cars and Snow Patrol. We're watching Scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were watching Pokemon and Digimon and all that stuff. But like, you know, at the odd times, like, yeah, let's watch Titanic and let's watch Scream at yeah. six years old. 
Oh my god, yeah, we were, it was a a variety, just say we were well-rounded. Yeah, so I actually wrote down some more things to, uh, from that guy's video, who figured out who the killer was in each scene. Yeah. Um, so after that opening scene, obviously it's, uh, okay, we don't, I actually didn't write anything about that, because that's obviously Billy. Um, but he did say that that scene was, uh, Billy before the killing. So he went to visit Sid before he went to what's her name's house, Drew Barrymore's house. So that was a uh, this he, he figured somehow he figured out that that was a scene beforehand. Interesting. And he took out his anger of the te- of Sid teasing out and <laughs> rage killed. I guess. Oh my god. Yeah. Um the the one scene where uh Cindy's at her house waiting for uh, her friend and then she falls asleep. <sighs> yes. Uh, T- Tatum, sorry. She falls asleep. So then she gets a call from the killer. So do you remember before she falls asleep, she goes to the closet and she opens it and then the sound is like, you think the killer's going to pop up behind the door? They do that that kind of camera scene where like you don't see behind her and then when she closes the door, there's actually no one there. Yep. So apparently that was done on purpose. This is, where, this is where Wes Craven gets smart because Stu was actually inside the closet, but Sydney didn't see him. What? Yeah, because if you remember when you finally get to the scene where the killer pops out of the same damn closet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cheeky. Right? Such creative. <laughs> so creative. So Billy is the one that's outside, and he's the one calling Sid from the outside, like messing with her. So I guess uh, Stu is already inside the house when she arrives there from school, and Billy's on the outside stalking her, and then you know, ends up calling her after. Um, so when when you, she gets to, and that that's where it leads to, remember when she gets stuck in her room and she's like emailing the police because that was a thing back then, you could email the police. Yes, like I, that would never be a thing now. Could you it's imagine? like 911 emergency, how can I help you? It's like, oh. why would you need, like how do you have enough time to type? The lawsuits that would happen now from that. Yeah, so... And that's where Billy comes through the window. So that's how he figured out that Billy was the one outside. Sue was the one inside. Because mm. um, Billy wanted to seem innocent. So it's it's uh, it's crazy, this, this dissecting going on here. Um, I guess the the bathroom scene at school where she hides in the in the stall when the cheerleaders being like the stereotypical high school bullies. Yep. And just, you know, saying all that crap. Um, see, this was not, <laughs> that's a scene I think it would be torn out of the movie if it came out today because <laughs> that right there, <laughs> what they were saying about her mom and and Sydney, I'm like, man, that's like you're just you're you're literally teaching straight up bullying in high school right here. Yeah, I was definitely going through going, um, yeah, no, that would be against this, and I'm pretty sure there's a movement against that, and uh, you can't say that anymore. So, <laughs> so I guess the the killer in that scene though. Wasn't actually he figured out that it's not neither Billy or Stu because he said there was no knife, and he wasn't wearing um, the proper pants because uh, I guess the killers in all the scenes were wear black khakis and this guy was wearing just blue jeans, and um, I guess he said that it was if it was Billy it was impot I forget I didn't write exactly all the information down I'm so- I think something happened and I got distracted and I didn't write down all the information all I wrote is <laughs> Billy equals impossible. So I actually don't know why I wrote that. 
And for the bathroom scene? Yeah, so it was a prankster because they think it was the prankster that... Remember, she's at her locker and the guy was just... Runs some guy through was running the through the hallway. If they think it was, He thinks it was that guy. Well, that guy had on uh, beige, like, beige khaki pants. Okay. I just watched it, so... Hmm. I have to go back and watch this guy's video because I forgot about this bathroom scene. Um... The principal when the our boy Fonzie dies. Oh yeah, it was Henry Wrinkler. Is his Henry name. Wrinkler? That's it. <laughs> I was like, before you go and you can't uh, sleep at night. <laughs> yes, Henry Wrinkler. A. Principal Hembry. That's it. So apparently that's <laughs> Billy. Billy is the killer in that scene, uh, because Stu is actually outside inviting people to his house party. Uh, in the scene right before that. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, so that's yes, Billy inside he's killing with his the girlfriend for whatever reason. Um, uh-huh. I guess this was actually, but this is smart. I guess the guy figures out that this was a smart killing because it was planned as a diversion to clear the party guests out of the house, which happened later at the house party. The party guests like, oh, let's go see this, so that basically cleared everyone out of the house so he they can get down to Sydney. It's messed up how they knew that that would work, right? <laughs> Like, who would be like, yeah, you know what's a real good distraction? Um, a body in a football field. Like, so that, yeah, let's go with that. Well, A, serial killers, and B, Stu probably invited the people that would be dumb enough to go and look at that. This is a very true. This just shows yeah. how, like, psychotic I mean, that, Stu, that Stu was. Typical high school kids. Yep. Um, the garage scene where she dies. My favorite. I think that's probably my favorite death out of this entire <laughs> like, movie. Why are, you, why are you crawling through a doggy door? You're telling me there's literally no other way out of there? Well, like, there's got to... And I'm thinking to myself, like, I have an automatic garage door opener. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a safety mechanism if, like, a fucking leaf blows through the door. So, like, how this thing, one, is able to lift her up when she's at the end of it. Oh, yeah, and- like the little sensors... <laughs> Yeah, like, and it crushes her to the point where, like, she dies. No, no. Like, it would, like, hit it her once fall. and it would bounce back down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and not just stop and, like, hang her there. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but can I just say, I, it was very refreshing to finally see um, one of the female characters, like, fight back and, like, sh- kind of show, like, yeah. oh, no, I'm not some damsel. Like, she was hucking beer bottles. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, she whipped all of them at him and she actually caught the killer with one of them i think they he figured out that this was billy because Stu was still in the living room and billy actually shows up when he when he's when he finally shows up at the front door later on he's sliding from the side where the garage door was Ah. and then he gives Stu the look and it's very subtle when he after he slides and then he looks at Stu and does a little two two eyebrow raise kind of thing like i just got the job done well, and it's funny, like, these guys take a huge-ass beating, and, like, each time they attempt to kill someone, or when they do kill somebody, how do they get not more beaten up? Like, they just walk in, like, da-da-da-da-da, hey, They're definitely guys. popping a lot of painkillers, <laughs> which is adding to their already mental capacity of their head that's just screwed up right now, so they're obviously... Is that, like, psychotic strength, I guess? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... They've proven in these movies that the killer always has a second win after the I mean, we saw at the end with Billy, like he he comes back to life for one last scare and they shoot him in the head. And they tell they again the the homage to and this is the part where he comes back for one last scare. Like, ah. Bam <laughs> <laughs> Just goes, ah Yeah. He's like reaching. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. But they're actually so he actually dissected another scene which is actually interesting and makes you start thinking about it. So 
I don't know if you remember, but the scene where um, it starts, the scene starts where it's there's a speakers on top of Tatum's house and it's playing schools out for the summer. Yes. And it comes down and they're talking on the porch and Tatum obviously saying some weird things like saying like, no, no, I don't, I don't think your mom, I actually think your mom was, you know, the town, I don't want to say the word. Yeah. It's town slut. <laughs> and, and I'm just going like, wait a minute, like, why is there a sudden 360 here? And all of a sudden Tiff's best friend's like, yeah, you know what? I actually do think your mom is a slut and you wrongly convicted, caught and weary. It's like, oh, Okay. Yeah, like might not want to was... say that to her. Who's already tra- like Sid's already traumatized at this point. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, poor timing. <laughs> anyway, so apparently, according to this YouTuber, <coughs> you remember where there was someone in the bushes with a scream caution. Yes, like after they start walking away, he doesn't think that was Billy or Stu. Who does he think it is? Um. Oh shoot! Sorry, not that one. I wrote the wrong scene down. Sorry, no, 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 I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So scratch that. But that was still an interesting scene to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, the grocery store scene. and the, Actually, no, it was. It was both the grocery and the garden scene. So he thinks the guy in the garden and the killer at the grocery store was neither Billy or Stu because of where they were in the timeline of those scenes. And Billy was that? at the police station at that time. Sure. Stu, uh, I forget where he wrote Stu was. Stu wasn't, was, was actually very pre- preoccupied with, uh, I think, something else. And he thinks it was actually... Roman from Scream 3 stalking Sid at that point. Oh, my God. Yeah. They had it that planned all the way that far? Because if you – when we when we get to Scream 3, you'll find out why, and I'll, and I'll remember to bring this up. It's because something that Roman says in when he reveals himself to Sid at the end of the movie, he says something along the lines of, like, you know, he, uh, he kind of guided Stu and Billy – during that time because of uh, uh, Sid's mom screwing Roman's dad and becoming Stu or uh, cheat sorry cheating and it yeah cheating with Roman's dad and causing them to be stepbrother and sister and uh. he kind of like he was kind of leading without actually knowing that he was there so I, I'll have to watch that again when we get to Scream 3 and, and reiterate that but he kind of and it, what he said, I remember, that's why I wrote it down. What he said made total sense that it was Roman. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, did Wes Craven know? Like, did he have this written down? Because he knew he was going to make three movies and said, you know what? I'm going to do this in Scream 3 and make a little Easter egg in Scream 1 and be like, ha Because he right? was known for that. Right? Like, and he doesn't tell anybody. He's just like, hey, I need you to be this person. Put on this mask. Like, right. we're going to go shoot this real quick. And then, boom, in the movie. <laughs> So those are like the the couple of scenes that I wrote down. But as for this movie in general, again, just such a great movie for that for that time period. Like '96, like we were in the '90s. You you you're kind of leaving the um, what's it called the horror movie? Like I don't even know what to call it. The horror movie phase because all the the, the original horror movies all came out in the late '70s. And in the 80s, like that was like the the time that horror movies were like big, like Halloween first came out. And again, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser. Uh, God, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. But like the big ones, like those are when they started. So Scream starting mid 90s or mid 90s and living up to being considered one of the best ones of all time was, was crazy to do. 
And to have a guy, they, they pick obviously they picked the right director with Wes Craven because of all the other movies he did. It's just, like we said, we said it like a hundred times this episode. I can't believe we grew up the way we did. Yeah, seriously, like this. Uh, this is not. This is not for children. That's no. for sure. <laughs> I wonder if 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 today, like I would. I don't know. You're you're a mom now. Yeah, my son's gonna like be a, nine this year too. I, so I'm gonna it's ask you. Age. Would you show him this movie? <laughs> Well, and that's a really hard question to answer only because me and obviously me and his father are not together. So mm-hmm. his father um, is a great dad. I have no issues with him. We co-parent lovely together, but he has a tendency to watch movies that are totally not appropriate for children. Okay. Um, for instance, I remember dropping off Michael when he was really young and he was watching uh, the sequel to 300. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, yeah, but it's not, exactly kid. Yeah, it's, not exactly, yeah, it's not exactly kid-friendly. So he's seen a lot of stuff that he probably shouldn't. Um, so would I let him watch this movie? No, but his father probably would. And he's probably seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so fair so enough. So we'll just keep an eye on him, and we'll see yeah. how he is. <laughs> hey, wait a couple more years, and That's right. like, hey, you want a movie, a movie Mom used to watch when... She was didn't lie, give it a little white light when definitely your age and not younger. Yeah, like <laughs> this uh, movie. If, if he ever found out that I watched this, he'd be like, "You don't let me watch scary stuff, and you watch like that would be end. That'd be yep. the end of it." Oh yes, um, well, but this movie. So we're actually. Oh, so this was twenty four. So actually, this coming December will be the twenty fifth anniversary of this movie. Also, oh, twenty five, not twenty four. Then we said twenty four. Yes, we did say twenty four. Probably screwed. Yes. It was twenty five, you <laughs> idiots. But yeah, this movie. Sorry, say that again. I said ne- we never said math was our was our strong suit. No, you no, know, this is not a math podcast. You know, it is Pie Day for the math geeks out there. It oh, is uh, International Pie Day, and I'm actually. Uh, tonight I'm going over to my girlfriend's house and her mom is that mom that we're gonna go off topic here but is that mom that whatever international day it is if it's food related they have it no way yeah it's got to be on it's got to be in dinner so tonight we have peach pie for your dessert yes peaches are amazing oh my god like when they go in season especially like around here oh Oh, my own. Going to Niagara Lake and picking up fresh peaches. Damn. Yep. Mm. Um. So this movie, I guess, I'm, I'm reading here some stuff about the release. Um, so they held their premiere on December 18th, 1996 at the AMC Theater in Westwood, Los Angeles. Um, I guess Bob Weinstein ordered the film to be released on December 20th, two days later. A date others were critical as if uh, of it because it was uh, the Christmas period where se- where seasonal and family films were most prevalent. I guess that's what they thought, or that's what was the thing back then. As soon as December twentieth hit, it was Christmas time. Boy, have things changed now. As soon as November first oh, yeah. starts, it's Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, like- the shelves get cleared of Halloween and Christmas shit is already up. Oh yeah, they got the boxes ready to go. Like the radio's ready. playing jingle bells. <laughs> like it's that's November first is Christmas, <laughs> and it stays that way for like two months. Yep, <laughs> but I guess back then the twentieth was like the the day, the mark mark date. I would um, like that better. So when Scream's first weekend 
takings amounted to only $6 million. It was considered that this release date gambled had failed. So they're kind of blamed the release date um, to, to the reason why it only made $6 million on opening weekend. So, But they're is, thinking that if it was closer to Halloween, it would have done better. Yeah. So although the film did pretty good, so despite the competition from the other box office, so they had some brutal competition. They had, if these movies are classics though, um, they had to go up against Jerry Maguire. Ooh. So Tom Cruise is one of his best movies. Mars Attacks, Tim Burton's Mars Attacks. That movie's freaking hilarious. That's true. Um, Scream became the 15th highest grossing film of 1996. Amongst of other blockbusters year. like Jerry Maguire, like I said, Mars Attacks, Independence Day, Whoa. and Mission Impossible. So Tom Cruise had a double dose that year. Like the original Mission Impossible? Yes, the very first oh, wow. one. Yeah. It was shown in cinemas nearly eight months after its release. So it went. It stayed in th- theaters for eight months. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, and it was funny, Independence Day. I actually just watched that movie for the very first time the other day. I don't think I've... I think I've seen it, but probably not all the way through. Or if, it, if I have, it's been so long that I wouldn't remember. Oh, so I, I, can't, I couldn't believe how star-studded this cast was. Like Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman. Like there, there's a lot of uh, Judy, Judy McDowell or Mary McDowell is in it. There's just so many people in this movie. I'm like, oh my God, you're in this movie. <laughs> Didn't they remake that movie too? Yeah. Okay. So I watched both because Disney Plus just added a an add-on called Stars and um, yes. both Independence Days were on it. So I, I'm like, you know, I'm going to watch both. So Independence Day 1996 for, and for 96, this was such a well done movie except that the alien scenes are hilarious because it's like that fast forward kind of camera movement like <laughs> you can tell it's a it's a it's a 90s alien yeah oh yeah um anyway so it was great movies i actually really enjoyed it. i'm like man i heard people shitting on this movie and it was great so the second one independence day resurgence is uh a sequel and everyone is in it back in it from the last one except will smith and they didn't they killed him off a but you don't see him get killed off and b there's no explanation as to how he died throughout the entire second movie i hate that <laughs> they just go to his son and be like oh i'm sorry for your dad's death and then that was it <laughs> jesus this cut off <laughs> done I was like, okay but very good both were were good i highly recommend watching those I'll but, add it to uh, the list. People sitting there going like, start talking about fucking Scream again. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Scream actually won a hell of a lot of awards um, in 96 and 97. So they won the International Horrors Guild for Best Film in 1996. Uh, wow. They won a bunch of Saturn Awards. They won Best Actress for Nev Campbell. They won Best Horror Film for the movie itself. Wes Craven was nominated for Best direct- Director. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Skeet Ulrich, a.k.a. Billy Loomis, was nominated. Um, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Drew Barrymore, was nominated. Best Supporting Actress for the 30 seconds she was in the movie. (laughs) Best Writing, so I guess Kevin Williamson, who wrote the movie, won the award for that year. I agree with that. And then in 97, they actually won a few, they won one, sorry, one MTV Movie Award uh, for Best Movie. Scream won that. And then Best Female Performance, uh, Neff Campbell, was nominated. Wow. So it's great, great freaking, great freaking movies. Great freaking movies. But it was just, just watching again, watching it back. And even this, today watching it, I feel like this has got to be like the millionth time I watched it. I still 
can't get bored of it, and I still find things that I didn't see before. It's that crazy. I've watched this movie so many damn times that I watch it today and notice uh, so many little things like the, and a lot of it is the the eye, the eye stuff, like the, like yeah, the, the eye, eye movements movement, between Stu and contact. Billy. Yeah, and like the one scene where they're in the 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 video store with uh, with Randy, and Stu's got his arms like clamped up behind his neck, holding him like he was doing to Sydney at the end of the movie. And again, you don't notice until you've seen the movie for the second time. You're like, damn, like he's, they're kind of doing the killing scene to Randy and he has no idea. He's worried about, <laughs> he's worried about wanting to ask Sydney out because he's not with Billy anymore. Yeah, that, oh my God. Like that's a red flag right there. He's holding you and he's being creepy and they're talking about, <laughs> like Billy's got like a, a murderous voice going on. It's like, how does he not put two and two together? Hello, red flag. Uh, Anyways. I'm just reading some fun facts about the movie, actually. Ooh. And Reese Witherspoon was originally approached to play Sydney. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's actually a mat, uh, like a 15, 20 minute documentary you can watch on YouTube about the making of this movie. And yeah, she was getting, she was supposed to have a way bigger role than she had. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then they found Nev Campbell and they're like, oh, um, we're still going to have you in the movie. And it's going to be a big, big scene. And then they film it. It's the freaking opening scene. Oh, my gosh. And as a, as a, as a, as a sorry, too, they kind of kept her as the promotional picture, right? And she was a big name back then. So having her on the promotional poster, you know, that's going to drive the people. Gonna be, oh, let's that go see Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, yeah. But they approached Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. That's a different actress. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my bad. My bad. But they, in the documentary, they do say that Drew was supposed to have a bigger role. Like, she was supposed to be part of the main cast. Oh, yeah. It says, funny enough, Drew Barrymore signed on to play Sydney early on in the production, but had to drop due to scheduling conflicts. Mm-hmm. She was later given the small yet iconic role of Casey Becker. Poor girl. <laughs> she didn't stand a chance. No. But Reese Witherspoon, that would have been... I don't know. I, I kind of... It's it's hard to think now that it, if, they, if she would have been better because Nev did such a great job and... She's continuing doing a great job because now she's going to come back for the fifth. Like, she's going to be in all five movies. And, you know, now the questions, again, will arise. I had these questions when Scream 4 came out. Like, is this, are we going to get a main cast kill? Yeah. Or are all three going to survive again? (laughs) You never know. But, uh. I also loved Courtney Cox in this. Oh, man. She was, this was like, I'm pretty sure this was, was this during Friends Days? Like, was I think it was, and it's funny that you say that because I've obviously been binging Friends, and I'm like, I watch all the time on TV, <laughs> so that to go and watch her in this and, like, hear her swear and, like, cuss and be a oh, like, yeah. B-I-T-C-H, I was just like, you go, Courtney. <laughs> this, <laughs> oh, this is non-Monica. <laughs> no, that's this? not Monica at all. <laughs> oh, man. Um... And they did, uh, they did such a good transition to Scream 2, which we'll get into in the next episode. But this movie, even the way it ends, they could have they could have ended this movie and then not have done another one. Because they didn't end leaving you with, oh yeah, there's going to be a sequel. I mean, they kind of. There was that, the, the very, very, very last scene when it's fading away. And all of a sudden, the, the, the killer kind of pops up for like two seconds and then goes away. It's kind of like the, the end, question mark type of moment mm-hmm. um another cool thing is this movie actually was uh and a lot of people have seen it obviously but it was uh parodied 
in Scary Movie. So Scary Movie 1 parodied this movie a lot, but I also parodied, I know what you did last summer and a couple other movies, but the original title of Scream was actually supposed to be Scary Movie. I, you know what? I read that fact and I literally had to take a double take because I was just like, wasn't there a movie called Scary Movie <laughs> that kind of referenced? I'm so confused. <laughs> so Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, I can't say his name right, was actually listening to Michael Jackson's song Scream in his car. And that's how why he that's how he thought of changing uh, the name to to Scream. So because of Michael Jackson, we can thank that it wasn't called Scary Movie because Scary Movie does sound like a parody more now. Even but even then, I don't know if I could take it seriously if it was called Scary Movie. Um. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it was also inspired by a real-life story. Yeah, that also kind of freaks me out. So, inspired by a real-life series of student murders in Gainesville, Florida. Of course, Florida. In yes. 1990. Um, perpetrated by a killer named Danny Harold Rowling, who was later dubbed the Gainesville Ripper. William, uh, Williams was also inspired by jason carpenter's 1978 horror classic halloween which is his favorite movie so that's what uh, the screenwriter for scream got his inspiration from a real life serial killer in the movie halloween yeah really i mean yeah it makes sense that we got those two elements that made a, 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 a the movie scream it would only be crazier if like at the beginning of scream we we saw the inspired by true events and it's like that wouldn't that kind of adds an ele- another element to it. Yeah, that would definitely make it a terrifying. Like, I don't know if my parents would have let us watch it at that point. No, the first 10 minutes, they'd be like, okay, now we're shutting this off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Other than that, I'm not seeing any other fun facts. Um, oh, so the film, so the, the, the Scream Mask, which, God became such a popular Halloween costume after this movie. Oh, I God. remember going out for Scream as Halloween. I remember going out one year and I was able to get the bloody one where if you it, the, the, it hid in your sleeve and you squeeze the little heart thing and the blood would come spewing down your mask. Like I, I love dressing up as Scream for some reason. It was such a classic. But I was a kid, yeah. But the, yeah. I guess uh, the, the, the mask, the killer's new... Our now iconic mask was a simple off-the-shelf Halloween mask. Craven and the producer found it in a at a house that they were <laughs> that they were locating scout that location scouting. They're actually going looking for locations. They haven't even thought of a killer's mask yet, and they saw it in a house. And they're like, "Yep, yeah, that's it." <laughs> like just someone's random house. They, I, it just makes me think, what could have been? Like, what was the? What could have been? The, what did they have in mind? Yeah. Uh, that would be a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, yeah, and I knew this fact already. So the Roger L. Jackson, who does our intro for this podcast, he uh, he actually does Mojo Jojo from the Powerpuff Girls. Crit- oh, yeah. my Lord. Flashback there. <laughs> um, try to read more. No, I don't see anything. High school, they plan to school shoot changed mind about production oh apparently the high school that they're that they planned to shoot at changed its mind about production i guess they had to change high schools because they didn't want them filming there yep <laughs> i got west craven as a cameo or you knew that um the final scene 
the uh, the forty two minute final act. So uh, between Stu and Billy, and then revealing themselves and everything, says it yep. took twenty one successive nights to shoot the whole thing. Oh my gosh! The cast and crew jokingly called it the longest night in horror history. <laughs> That was it. Was quite a long scene, though. And I mean, like, if you got it, if you think back and again, twenty five years ago, they didn't yeah. have the filming process or the ability like they do now. So everything would have to be like stop, start. Okay, yeah. now we're gonna do this. Okay, now we gotta change angles. And oh, we gotta switch cameras for this look now. Like, or it's like, like, uh, they do a stab wound and someone laughs, and it's like, damn, now we gotta redo yeah. <laughs> the same stab wound. I told you not to move. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, this is the best part. So we were just talking about like how our parents let us watch this and everything. This movie was originally had a NC 17 rating. <laughs> and then, um, the movie was edited and resubmitted by the studio nine times before it was given an R rating. Oh my Lord. <laughs> we were again, how old? Yeah. And I guess Wes Craven, Wes Craven didn't want to cut anything out of the movie to make it, uh, an NC 17. So they slapped it an R on it. Yeah. So well, again, you know what bless his soul for not taking any of that out. Yeah. Our age watching a R rated movie. Nine years old. Yeah. And again, we have turned out. Just we turned fine. out great. I think we turned out all right. Just fine. <laughs> just fine. It was because we balanced it. That's why. Yeah. Maybe what did the, the Pokemon, the Digimon, the other movies and such. Yep. And life happened. We grew up, and you just kind of, you know, you fall in love with stuff. When we're at that age, you know, that that happens. It happens with toys. Like you, you love this one toy, and you fall in love with it, and you kind of just put it back, and you got a new toy. Kind of the same deal with movies. Like just (laughs) movies are always going to come out. You're always going to forget about the uh, the old ones, but this one can never, ever, ever forget this movie. Classic. So I think it's going to wrap it up. Um. Yeah, so we'll see you guys in about eight to twelve months. And <laughs> we'll see, guys. Life happens. We're we take the this podcast is not like we're not looking to make anything out of it. This is just two friends who've enjoyed a horror movie franchise they grew up on talking about it. So when we get to another episode, it'll be out. You'll know because I'll post on our socials. We'll do Scream Two. Can't wait to get to that movie because. <laughs> There's a few things in that movie I actually have already written down that I want to talk about because <laughs> some things happened that I'm, I it questions kind of the direction they went in from there. So we'll get to that in the screen too. I'm um, excited. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys are uh, loving these episodes. Let us know what you guys think. You can comment on YouTube. You can tweet at us or wherever you want to reach out us in all our socials. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you guys later, guys. Take care. <laughs>